0: Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smichael, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. So I'm back in the studio with Dan Savin at Savin' Sound, and I'm happy to be here. I've had a couple of these, what would you do episodes, and I've gotten great feedback. So thank you for sharing your insights, your ideas for this little segment that I've been doing. I'm going to do another one now. Can I start again? Okay. Okay. This is take two of number three. What would you do about salary negotiations? It's a Thursday morning, and I'm back in the studio with Dan Savin at Seven Sound, and I'm happy to be here. I've done a few of these, what did I call them, What Would You Do episodes, and I've gotten great feedback. So thank you for telling me what you thought of them. Um, thank you for encouraging me to do more of them. And I'm going to do another one right now. This one is about salary negotiations, and I also think that there is an element of organizational politics in here. Let me tell you about Ariel. She works for a huge chemical company, one of those multinational companies. They do research, and they do a whole bunch of stuff I don't understand. She's a senior-level subject expert. She's got a PhD. She's got a great reputation for her knowledge and her hard work. She gets to present her research findings and provide guidance in her subject area all the time. She travels internationally representing her division and the company, and her performance reviews are kick butt. They are stellar. She's really done a lot to establish a name in her field. She's got a strong brand, and it didn't happen by accident. She suspected that she was being underpaid. She made a few very discreet inquiries and found out that her suspicions were really right. So she went to her boss with a binder of all of her presentations, her accomplishments, her activities, um, her performance reviews for the last I don't know how many years. But his response didn't make her happy. Pretty much he blew her off. He told her, yes, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. We value you. You're important to us. Yes, yes, yes. But there's no money in the budget for a raise for you. Absolutely no money. Now, look, there are budgetary realities in any business. But this may not have been the case here. You know, nothing is secret in an office. Ariel had That trusted colleague who told her that someone else, Aaron, had just gotten a raise and a bonus that wasn't in the budget. Aaron and Ariel were peers. They did very similar work, though Ariel was entrusted with the most sensitive projects and had the most high visibility. Now, interestingly, Ariel's the one with a Ph.D. and Aaron just had a master's degree. No slight on master's degrees, but the Ph.D. mattered in her field. And that makes you say, hmm, yeah. Interestingly, that same boss went to upper management to plead Aaron's case. And lo and behold, Aaron got the raise. Ariel did not. And he didn't go to upper management to plead for Ariel. So Ariel decided, to go back to her boss and discuss this compensation issue again. So this time, he wasn't into pacifying her or placating her or condescending to her. He got frustrated and he got annoyed that she came back to revisit the issue. And he said he could find it in the budget to give her, now listen to this, to give her a 2% increase. You hear me? 2%. That was insulting, and Ariel was infuriated. Unfortunately, she's not a woman who could see lots of choices or see her own personal power. In fact, she felt that she had very few choices. She thought she could take the 2% raise and just be ticked off. She could go to HR and ask for their assistance. She could maybe transfer out of her division or she could look for another job. Those were the only options that she saw. Here's the big problem. She was reluctant. Well, that's a big problem too, not seeing a lot of options for yourself and not seeing where you can create options. So yeah, that's a big problem. But here's another big problem. She was really reluctant and fearful to take any action at all so she accepted the 2% raise. She didn't want to be seen as a troublemaker or a malcontent. She felt like she was blessed to be working for such a great company. Truth be told, Ariel was paralyzed by fear of the unknown. She got bad advice from a friend who told her that the grass always looks greener on the other side. I hate that phrase. And another friend told her that the devil you know is better than the one you don't, and I hate that phrase too. You know, the grass on the other side can actually be greener. It can also have birds and flowers and bees and butterflies. Why, why, why in the world do we accept that stupid phrase and repeat it like it's the gospel? It only promotes self-limiting thinking and self-limiting behavior. That's the same with that nonsense about the devil you know. How do you know there's another devil waiting for you on the other side? Do you know that it could be an angel or a saint? We got to be so careful about the voices we listen to when we're in a tough spot. Seek people who have some optimism, some objectivity, and who can be affirming, who can encourage you. Okay, okay, okay. I went off on a tangent there, so forgive me. This is about what would you do if you were Ariel? So that's my question. What would you do? Would you fight for more money? Would you transfer out of the division? Would you leave the company? Would you construct a novel approach to the situation? What would you do? Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.